Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back and better than ever, it's Rick and Tom on today's podcast. Tom Jones from the Pointer Institute of Media Studies, former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, former radio partner of mine, will join us. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays as well as yeah, some of the USF fans getting a little churlish uh, after our show with Matt Baker. So we'll discuss some college football and all of that here in just a minute. Big treat for you guys today with Tom Jones. But first, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now in the area for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. It's what they call the May difference. If you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all their products to conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they will install, and they will customize that to your needs. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances that's the main difference. If you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, big treat. I think it's, uh, I don't know, sort of like holidays. There's about four of them a year, and we get Tom Jones <laughs> about as many times. Um, good to talk to you, Tommy. How you been, man? It's been a I'm, while. This is a treat. I'm doing great. How are you? I was on vacation last week. so I was, I was out of town. I was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I was up in a uh, just relaxing, taking it easy. And it was interesting because, you know, when you go away, I don't know how you guys are, but when I go away, I don't necessarily pay attention to local sports like I do when I'm here. So I'm not reading you every day and I'm not reading Mark Topkin every day or Ed and Cena. And so I kind of... Uh, and I and I rarely open my phone. Like when I, I don't take my laptop with me if I don't That's have impressive, to. Impressive, man. That's really yeah. impressive. It's hard I for me to do that. Yeah, I didn't take it with me this trip, and I barely looked at my phone. I would look maybe once or twice a day at Twitter, but I tried to stay off of it. And it's interesting though to get uh, sort of a na- so the only thing I watch nationally is like ESPN or Fox Sports One uh-huh. or other broadcasts. I was out near the Philly area, so I was able to watch some of the um, Philly games. And it's interesting to see the national perspective of like the race, for yeah. example. Yeah. You know? And and just realizing how much uh how impressive this team is. Like from afar, you uh-huh. really do appreciate it. So I it's I tell you what, I we're taping this, you know, earlier in the week, and and I know that they're, you know, Baltimore's got a big series, and maybe Baltimore will blow them out two games. Who knows? But um, this, I'm this has been really fun to watch. 
And yet yeah. I'm nervous. And yet I'm nervous. <laughs> well, it's been it's been a great start to the season, to say the least. And and you mentioned vacationing in Pennsylvania. You're, you're that's your home state, right? You were born there. Correct. Correct. Spent most of your life, I think, in Florida. Or at yes, that point, I, I moved Minnesota when I was 17. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So. so um so back to Pennsylvania in the Poconos with the heart shaped tub and you and Patty. Is that, <laughs> am I right? No. B- b- me and Close? Patty. You me and Patty. You got that part right. <laughs> okay. The Poconos um, and a heart shaped tub. I no, I missed uh, out on that. Okay, because I thought this well it was Pennsylvania to me. I don't know. Um, so when you go away, like, is it like you're going? Back to some place like your home. I'll interesting get to the raise in a that second, you I no. I- interesting you say that because, because I'm from here. So when I'm on vacation, yes. I have to leave to enjoy my like. There's no right. There's no place I can go. Go. Oh, remember now? Of course, my son's now in Denver, so there's that. But like, there's no place I've grown up other than here. No, and the, and the funny thing is, when I go back to Pittsburgh, I do a bunch of things that I never did as a kid. Like, there's uh-huh. a casino in Pittsburgh now. A couple of casinos. Yeah. I went to a casino. There you go. You know, I, the wedding I was at was not anywhere near where I grew up. And when I did grow up, I, I like went to high school basketball games. I was like a k- geeky kid. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I went to little league fields, and yeah. you know, that's where I spent all my time. High school football stadiums. Sure. So, I. I, it's funny. I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. I, for a lot of my life, I consider myself a Pittsburgher. I don't anymore. I think I'm a Floridian. Yeah, I've only so. been here like 40 some years. So, well, you're adoptive it, now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I feel like, and now I feel like this is my home. Like for a long time, mm-hmm. I felt like Pennsylvania was my home. You know, that's right. where I grew up. Right. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like Florida is my home now. Interesting. So, so do you do like, touristy things that you would do if you're going to Pennsylvania or only if I'm like, if I take somebody like the first time I took my wife there, gotcha. we did yeah, the okay. touristy things. And a gotcha. couple of times afterwards we went, there's yeah. a big incline in Pittsburgh. We did that. And you right. go to, you go to point, you know, down into river where the three rivers meet and all that stuff. But right. I mean, if they're, if, I mean, for me, when I go back to it's all about like like pizza and <laughs> and hot dogs and where do you get a good uh, you know, no pierogies? Pierogi? Uh, where do you where, like? Where's the nearest Permani Brothers? Like that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's interesting you mention that because, like I said, now you're from here, and right. when you leave, like you said, when you, you now I feel that way you do when I come back home. I feel like oh, I'm coming back home. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, and it makes sense. There's only like I think one percent of us that were actually born here that still live here, so it's not it's not breaking news or anything. But you know, my folks, my mom was from Pennsylvania. I still haven't been to your hometown, which is embarrassing. Union Town. I need to go see it this year. You know what? Um, Just watch the movie All the Right Moves or Slapshot, and you pretty much get it. I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That was why Upper Pippi said, "Where did you grow up?" I'm like, "Did you ever see All the Right Moves?" Like, yeah, it's basically <laughs> that movie. Really. Yeah, pretty much. And even that the good, football huh? coaches were like smacking guys on the head with golf clubs and stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. like Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I I have to do that yet. So, um, yeah, we're, I mean, vacations are great. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to take one, but I'm also, we're doing this podcast. And you mentioned the Rays. And um, sort of as we're taping this, they didn't have a great first game with Tyler Glasnow. Got lit up kind of early, um, to say the least. Here's my thing. Um, the national perspective, it's good they're getting the attention and, and, and well-deserved. They get the best record in baseball and, and, and by a good good amount. Although, when you look at the AL East, it's going to be a race. In other words, there's a lot of teams that are over 500, and even though there's some starting to be some separation between two and three, um, it, it looks like the Orioles are, are going to be in this for the long haul too. So when you see games like, like they've had sort of these hiccup games where you know Blake Snell, who was – Highly motivated, goes out and strikes out twelve. 
um, you know, through six innings. They strike out 17 times uh, in San Diego. And then they come home, they kind of swing and miss again. Like, is there anything that says, yeah, it's a really good start, I don't think it's sustainable? Like, what what part of that kind of like, as you watch this team, do you think? But this is what it reminds me of. Remember when you said about the Lightning after they lost to Columbus in four games, they run the, won the President's Cup, right? and everything was great. But when they lost uh, in four games to Columbus, you said, you know what? I don't even care about the regular season anymore. Nothing they do matters. It's not going to matter until they get in this postseason and win a Stanley Cup. Because right. nothing, all this stuff doesn't matter. Are we there with the Rays yet? I, don't, I, I know where you're getting at, and I, and I think you're right, but also... Like there was no way they were going to keep up this offense for an entire season. Correct, I think they you're were, right. They were hitting at such a such an unbelievable clip and hitting home runs that had yeah. no one had ever. I mean, we're, they're talking to like you're comparing them to like all time great hitting teams, and yeah, that wasn't going to last. I'm not worried about that. They and then you know baseball well enough, Rick. You played it for so long. Like you're just going to go through slumps, even as a team. You're yes. going to go through were weeks of the season, maybe two weeks where. Sure. The thing that scares me about this, Rick, and and it's I think it's an issue, and we've all thought it's an issue, is the bullpen. Yeah. And I think that's something that if they end up not winning this year, if you go, if they get to October, and they have another series like they did last year against oh Cleveland, and it was just two games, but yeah. if they have another series where they just don't hit, mm. okay, you just throw up your hands. Like I grew up speaking of Pittsburgh, I grew up yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Followed those great pirate teams of the early nineties, if you remember those early nineties, oh, yeah. that won they won three straight divisions. Mm-hmm. And Steve remembers it because they played they ran into the Reds the first year, nineteen ninety. Right. So that they won three straight division series. They got into those uh, three straight divisions and they played for the NLCS. They lost to, to Cincinnati and then Atlanta twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And all three years they're hitting, and you're talking about guys like Barry Bonds at the time. Yeah. Bobby Bonilla, Andy Van Slyke, all went into comas practically when when the playoffs started, and yeah. they couldn't hit. And it's that you it's like okay, we just you just don't see it coming. Like what? There's nothing you could do to prepare for that. And if the Rays get to October and they all of a sudden don't hit again, well, you just say okay, well, I don't know what to do about that. But they hit all year, and then when they got to October, they couldn't hit. But Rick, if they get to October and they lose games because the bullpen doesn't come through. Then I'm going to hold. It's, I'm like the, I'm like Don Corleone. I, I want some butts. I'm going to blame some of the people in this room, you know. And that's where I feel like they are with uh, with this bullpen. It's like you know it's an issue, yeah. and if you don't address it before October, and that's the reason you lose in October, then that's then then every, fans have every right to be upset. I mean, it takes to you know you got you got to have somebody that that's available that's willing to trade a, a pitcher, and then then you have to be willing to give something up in exchange, which you would think would be minor league players at this point. So um, it's not as easy as, as just, you know, wave a wand. I mean, there'll be other teams, too, looking for guys. Um, the, the, thing that, the thing that would would scare me, like you kind of said it, was what if it's a replay? What, what if, you know, because good pitching is what you face in the postseason. There's no bad pitching if, if, if a team survives that far, right? Right. And so, like, you're going against the Blake Snells every night, right? Um, and, and just like, you know, the Orioles, uh, pitcher that was shutting them down the other night. I mean, they, that's who you're going to see. And you're going to see a guy after that and a guy after that. Now I'm not worried about the race starters. So long as they, the three they have now, um, their frontline guys stay healthy. Um, and I, and I do like their team. I, I think the rules have benefited them, all that stuff. 
But if 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 the better pitching wins out, it could be. I, I mean, runs has been the thing. You, I don't remember a series where you said, "Yeah, he just didn't pitch well." But you're right. If, if they pitch well, and then the back end of the bullpen, which has been a problem all year, lets them down, then you're right. I, I think that's a glaring a glaring need that they have to address. They need some power arms. They need more than what they have. Um, but I'm not I'm not totally convinced. Like all these guys arrived at the same time you know what i mean like yeah i think they took it personally i think they got off to a great start i think we're going to find out sort of who they are in the postseason i think that's a it, you know this tom you, the postseason is a different animal and these guys have won gone all the way to the world series it's not like they've been failures i mean they they were there you know uh in game six against the dodgers but by the same token you've got to get over that hump right like there has yeah. to be a point where you go, okay, we're back in the World Series or we're back in the ALCS, you know? That's kind of – this is too special of a year not to do that, I think. That, let me ask you that, Rick, and you know and we all know that the postseason, a lot of times it's a crapshoot. It's not who's the best team in baseball. It's who's the best team for a month or who's true. the best. And true. really, when you get in a best of seven series, it's, it really honestly comes down to who's the best team from Monday through Thursday, you know, yeah. sometimes really yeah. seriously. Yeah. But if, if this race team, let's say they continue at this pace and they right. win, say a hundred, like, yeah, 104 games or something like that, or 105, wow. which at this impressive. point is a, is a reasonable, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's not that out of the realm of the possibility. Nope. Let's say they do that and they go in, they're the best team in baseball, best record, and they don't win a world series, even though we know again, postseason being only one, one team wins one. Yeah. Right. Is it a failure? Would you consider it, or not? Maybe not a failure, but is it a disappointment at that point? I'll tell you what would be a disappointment. I think is maybe not getting to the championship series. Right. Certainly, if you lost in the first series, that that would be a disappointment. To to be the best record in base, assuming they continue to play well and they have the best or right at the best record in the American League, win the East. Let's say they hold off the Orioles. Um. There's just so many expectations after the season they've had that I think you'd probably almost feel disappointed if they didn't make it to the championship. Now, tell me how it goes, right? Right. Um, did you get a bad call in game seven that, you know, um, or did, you know, did Kevin Cash take the ball out of Tyler Glasnell's hand too soon, right? Like, tell me tell me who we're blaming, right? Right. Um, <laughs> or did you, did you strike out 17 times, right? you know? And I, I don't know how that's going to go, but there's there's that when you get off to such a an historic start which is what we're talking about um most of those teams that you see them you know on the list there uh those teams made it to the world series almost all of them right and and many of them won so that's the sort of company you're in i think the expectations are going to be that too i think too if you have a i think it also helps if you win a stand like uh, a championship at some point. If you look back at the Lightning, they had that historic season sure. where they lost to Columbus and they hadn't won a cup up until then. So you look back at that season now and say, "Oh, that was disappointing." But then they won two cups after that, and they and they or you look at, um, you know, a team like Golden State with that one year where they won like what seventy three games or whatever it was to break the mm-hmm. record, and and they didn't win the championship that year, but they won other championships in that stretch. I think really only if you look at the Atlanta Braves, which what went to the playoffs like what was it, fifteen years in a row or something like that, and they only won one World Series. Yeah. You can look back and say, okay, that was a disappointment. But I think if the you know the Rays, 
if they win one of these years, I, I guess it's almost like the Brady years, you know, the, mm. the two years they didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, not really disappointments. Not but... really disappointment because you look back and if you, you know, history will say Tom Brady came here three years. They went to the playoffs three times. Right. Won a Super Bowl, nearly went to another Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and okay, and they made the playoffs the other year. I think in general, you look at it like, wow, that really worked out, you know. Mm-hmm. But if the Rays never win a World Series, yeah, I don't know. It might be where you say like, oh, it's admirable what they did. Small payroll, you know, mm-hmm. putting this thing together year after year. New players, yeah. uh, drafting and developing, all that stuff. But they didn't win it. I'll I'll tell you what's different about it, and this is what I would say, and you saw this kind of happening with the Lightning a little bit. They they got close, they got close. When you have superstars, and I think for the first time positionally, you can look at this team and go, Wander Franco, wow. Randy Rosarena, woo. Josh Lowe, oh boy. Like, these guys haven't really hit their peak yet as players, but you know they're special and they're in their control, and they're not just pitchers. In the past, a lot of pitchers, you know, you can go through the list, David Price, Blake Snell, all those guys. That sort of carried them, and they would. there was a cast of thousands, it seemed like, at times. I mean, they had their Longorias and their B.J. Uptons, but this is what this reminds me of. Now Now you've got young prospects that are already stars, all stars, in fact. No, it's a great point. It's a great point because I think the same thing with the Buccaneers. I mean, like if you look back, you know, there was a time where you started looking and say, Derek okay, Brooks, someday – Mm-hmm. Someday, or even in the more recent team, like someday Mike Evans is going to get to a playoff. Yeah, you know, yeah, someday, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, Chris, Chris Godwin, Godwin and, and yeah, Carl and, Davis and whoever it is, yeah, right, Levante and, and David, on, and on a de- yeah, Levante David on defensive side ball. We waited for Gerald McCoy, and it just didn't work out right. for, for McCoy. But that's the same sort of thing. You wait for these these young stars to develop and become superstars in the sport. Well, mm-hmm. that's where the Rays are now. The Rays are at that point where, like, as you said, Wander Franco is, he might be the best shortstop in baseball. Yeah. You know, Randy Rosarena is an all-star. Right. Um, Yandy Diaz is one of the best hitters in the league. You know, and so. you feel like there's still an upside. You feel like we haven't seen the best of their games yet, you know what right. I mean? Because of right. their age and whatnot. All right. Uh, this is great. I could take all, talk all night about baseball and probably should, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we had Matt Baker on the show just the other day. Okay, uh, can, let me, can I stop you? I, I don't even know what you're going to ask. Oh, well, yeah, you do. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> Go know ahead. what you're going to ask. Tell all me what, I, all tell I me what saw your thoughts was, are. All I saw was on Twitter, <laughs> that I, and I, I didn't listen to your podcast with the mat on it. <laughs> it's all right. But I'm assuming it has something to do with USF Stadium stuff. Yeah, a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and then I see a tweet from somebody, and all I saw was you calling the guy, was Ace. it Ace? Okay. Yeah. So you and I have done radio shows, whole radio shows. On, you actually, call. you actually started this, by the way. I get, I get branded with it a little bit, but you, you started this on a show organically. But you, you, I started it, but you perfected it. But so, tell the story. Tell the well, story. Well, I, I think there's when you get emails from people, there's nothing more dismissive than to call people where you, where you, where you look like you're thanking them, but it's passively aggressive. It's like, <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. And it usually starts off with. Like chief, like thanks, chief, thanks, boss, thanks, yeah, Ace. Yeah. And then you and I did a whole show one time, Bradley, <laughs> where and we got a ton of callers where people were like, "What word? What can you call somebody <laughs> that can be as dismissive as it can be?" But right. it doesn't. Jeff Schultz, you remember Jeff Schultz? Oh um, yeah. Who worked? He was a longtime columnist at Atlanta Journal Constitution. I worked for the Athletic in Atlanta. He called somebody one time pumpkin, and I just thought <laughs> that is. 
or he'll hey. he'll use words like precious thanks precious precious you know thanks pumpkin you know? yeah if it's a dude and you say that i think it, you might be crossing a line there i don't know it's but it's just i love it it's so dismissive i wrote something today so for my newsletter i was commenting on uh bill simmons Mm-hmm. Um, commenting on the Royals, uh, Harry yeah. and Megan. And yeah. he called them grifters and everything for their whole yeah. deal with Spotify to fell through. So I had a, a, a somebody who I know who has never written. A, actually, it's a wife of a friend of mine. She's like, look, I've never written you before. But she was really upset with Bill Simmons. And she goes, at one point she says, I don't know who this Bill Simmons character is. And I thought character. that is perfectly dismissive. <laughs> like it like almost like this person's not even real. Like whoever yeah, right. uh, it's the same as Ooh, like, look, hell. I don't know who you think you are. That's right. one of those insults, you know. So anyway, getting back to the original point here, you called something say, read the, I said listen or you said listen to the podcast, Ace. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I gotta and I almost called you right then. But I was on my way to work, and I, I'm like, I couldn't. Uh, I didn't have time to talk. Well, I think the so. Gen- what happened? So what well, was the beef? I mean, about? I, the, the general thing is that that you know, Matt has been writing stories about this 320 something million dollar stadium that they have approved now for financing at USF, an on campus stadium. This has been something that was talked about when you were writing columns, and even before that, right? When I went there, yeah, well, <laughs> we see, didn't there have a football team yet. Oh, exactly. we need a stadium. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this was in things, the 80s, by the way. Yeah, these things are way more expensive now, and they never come under budget. And, you know, um, their projections are pretty high with in terms of ticket prices. Anyway, uh, it seems that USF fan was – it's funny about that fan base. Like, I would say this. I don't blame them for not going when the product's bad. But how many of them are there? <laughs> in other words, like – it's. I think so it's, it's, it's our strata it's, it's our strata at No, but I'm, I'm just saying like I, I don't I don't dislike the university at all, trust me. Like I, I I don't know I don't quite understand why it's not more successful. And here's the thing, if they want to get really riled up, the fan base I mean, with the Bulls, wait till you see Matt Baker's story on Sunday because it's all about and this is a fact, Tom, UCF has won the war. Yeah, it's over. I mean, they're going to a major conference like now. Yes. How did that happen? You remember when this all began? Like, no, and I and I wrote happen? I wrote columns about it that you could see this coming. Now I don't know that we saw it coming to the extent that it's come, but it's up to sure. it's up to the athletic directors and pres and school presidents, presidents, yeah, to understand the landscape and where all this is headed. And, and they see, and I think they saw it first, right? Well, they well UCF. You mean? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean USF was asleep at the wheel while some of this stuff was Agreed. going on. Agreed. And look, I I used to write a lot of columns, and and I, I USF fans don't want to hear this. They're a fragile fan base. They used to get really upset when I wrote things that were obviously true. There, they had a couple of moments there mm-hmm. with Quentin Flowers That's as right. their quarterback, yep. and without him, I don't know where that they you know, I don't know that. That they would even have been close with UCF for a while. You know, right. there right. was a moment there that there was that terrific game that they. I remember that it was a Black Friday game at UCF, and it was like mm-hmm. this wild back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah, and we talked about it. Quentin last Flowers night. had like six hundred yards total offense, something stupid like that. Yeah, and uh, and that for that moment, you know, Charlie Strong was the head coach, and for that moment, it felt like, hey, this could turn into something. And then as quickly as that came, it went. And yeah. UCF stayed where they are. They maybe even came back a little bit, but their administration was ready to go and ready. Not mm-hmm. and, and I, I know the the people there now are trying to play catch up. The problem is, 
you're you're trying to I, the game might be over. I'm not sure you can catch up and at a point now where it's you're right. I mean, like this this was a game of musical chairs, and there are no seats to be found. Yeah, I'm I mean, glad you I'm glad you said. I mean, fragile fan base I think is a good description. Um, and I don't know why it's so. Everybody loves a winner. I get that, but like, boy, um, you want to be part of a power five one day, you know, get, get used to winning matters, you know, like, uh, and, and I, I hope it's going to get built as Matt Baker said, like they, they're going to build this thing. I hope it's wildly successful. I have my doubts about whether just putting a stadium on campus is going to change everything. Um, I'm not sure that'll be the case. I hope it is. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it take off. I'm still slayed that you can have a, a, a university of this size and, and of this stature uh, with the college or college football talent around here and all the high schools in the Tampa Bay area and somehow not be able to get enough players or the right players or what have you uh, to be successful. That just, that, that's all. Well, I mean, and Steve can speak to this. Like it's very comparable to since the university of Cincinnati Mm -hmm. or the university of Houston or the university of uh, Louisville. Um, You're talking about major markets and I get it. Sometimes it's tough in a sort of major market like that where you don't see teams that are hugely successful in pro football towns or whatever. Right. Um, Right. But, and that's certainly the case in Cincinnati and Houston, but at the same time, look, Cincinnati's like, who has it harder to recruit than Cincinnati? You're dealing with, I mean, the kids in your area are looking to go to Ohio state. They're looking to go to Michigan. Mm -hmm. They're looking to go to other big 10 schools. Houston, you tell me Houston has it easy? Well, Texas, recruiting yeah. against Texas and Texas A&M. And really, yeah. recruiting has become a national game now. If you can't recruit. Yeah, it's, it's an NIL game If you're game in Florida now. and you can't recruit kids from California, then you, you, you have no chance. But, now you got to pay them, Tommy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, Steve, you, you follow the University of Cincinnati pretty closely. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the difference between Cincinnati and Tampa and, and Cincinnati and USF? Well, uh, the amount of money they've put in the athletic programs at Cincinnati, which USF's now trying to play catch-up. But what Luke Fickle, who took it to another level at Cincinnati, they were already good before that. Yeah. He built a wall around Cincinnati. Yeah, he did. Like, those kids from Cincinnati didn't leave. Yep. A couple, a couple went to Ohio State and that, but he sure. basically took Southeast – Ohio and put a wall around it and got most of those kids to come to Cincinnati. And you saw what they did. They took off and and ended up in the college football playoff, the first non-power five school too, which helped them get into the big 12. I mean, without that football success, they weren't getting in the big 12 despite their basketball history and everything else. Right. You know, it was, it was the, the facilities and the football success. And that's what USF has been missing since you know mid 2000s other than the quentin flowers couple seasons right they haven't been able to to have any sustained success on the field look i know a lot of people think that charlie strong's name is mud in these parts and i i got to know charlie a little bit uh when he was the head coach and i was the columnist at the times yeah and he was very candid with me at times saying look these he was stunned at the facilities when he was here not in a good way no, and this is a guy who came, and I get it. He came from Texas, which sure. right before that mm-hmm. was a you know, and he sure. had coached at Florida, but mm-hmm. he also coached at Louisville, mm-hmm. which was which. There's no excuse why you can't be as good as Louisville, you know, right. mm-hmm. if you're USF. And he looked at it. And he you know he even said at the time he goes, and he's not just talking about on campus stadiums, he's talking about facilities, football facilities, mm-hmm. and basically, like the the athletic department 
at USF, the building that they, the main athletic building that they shared with all the other teams at at USF, that was just the football stadium at Louisville, you know, and Louisville had other programs. It's not like, it's not like a school that was just good in one thing. Right. And that was, you know, Louisville, you know, obviously has a great basketball program and they Mm -hmm. have women's sports and they, they, you know, they play baseball there. You know, they have good baseball there, you know, so other things are going on at Louisville besides, besides football. Mm -hmm. And, but one thing Charlie didn't do was recruit Tampa Bay very well. Well, and I'm trying to find the first coach who who did. You know, Willie was decent at Jim Lovett. I think Jeff Scott tried. I think Jeff Scott tried. (laughs) I think Jeff Scott Scott tried. Right. But here, okay, so (laughs) look, you know, we go a long way back with Jim Lovett, Rick, and I don't don't know whether he deserved to be fired at at the time. I wasn't covering the team then. That sort of is the fork in the road, and then you have a little blip with Quentin Flowers, and then then everything goes But when you look back at USF, and what happened when Jim Levitt built this program? And again, I'm not saying Jim Levitt should not have been fired. I don't know. Right. right, got, right. There was a, there was an incident, and there was a lot more going on. Whatever. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. I've always looked at the Jim Levitt situation like this, that they were excited to be what they were for a while. Mm. Yeah. Which was seven and four going to whatever you know. The El Paso Bowl. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Whatever bowl, bowl gets played on December twenty. Third, Seven. you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or December eighteenth, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Seven and four. Now, people at USF would love seven and four and go into a, you know, any bowl. And I think they got to a point where they said, "Okay, Jim Levitt has taken this program as far as we can take it. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a change. Yeah, because it's somebody who's going to get us to the next level. And then, you know, I mean, they had they had those moments where they were number two, and they have big games against you know teams West like Virginia. West Virginia and Pitt mm-hmm. and yeah. no and and now you're playing you know uh Cincinnati on on Thursday nights and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think people weren't satisfied with where they were and they wanted to, and I don't blame them. They they want to be they want to be Florida. They want to be Florida State back when Florida and Florida State truly were Florida and Florida State, you know. Right. And no. it I, just it just didn't happen. I, look, Rick, I don't know where this goes from here. I, you could talk all you want about on campus, and, I, and it's a good start. I'd rather be on campus than not on campus. Sure. But show me. I want to see what it looks like first. And mm-hmm. I also, all I know is I, I really do think we're heading to a stage in college football where you're going to have four mega conferences and mm-hmm. then everybody else. And it may even get to a point where the four mega conferences play for their own championship and everybody else plays for sort of like a one double A type. Lower like level, a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're they're hitting it at, at, the, at the wrong time because um, some some of the better teams from their conference are leaving, and they're going to be replaced. You know, uh, you're gonna you're trying to try to sell a stadium out with thirty three thousand plus um, when you're playing Rice, and you know those kinds of teams um, aren't necessarily going to help them. But we'll see. I root for I root for USF success. I, I I really do want them to to make it. I think it's great they have a it stadium. It makes it great for the area. Look, I, it's I don't, fantastic. I have nothing against USF no. fans, and no, and no. and I. I'm just telling you, when I wrote columns about it, they were a really sensitive group. They were very, very prickly, as we when found I, out. When, and I was just trying to trying to explain, like, look, what they're doing is not good enough, and they're falling behind, mm-hmm. and if they don't hurry up and do something, they're going to get left behind. And I'm, and, I'm and, worried now that's where it is. Yeah, they, they were, and UCF is certainly ahead, and that's why... They're moving on. All right, I can do this. Let's let's come back. I got a little bit more for you tomorrow. Okay, okay? just real okay. quick, we'll hit it, for, hit it for a few more minutes. I want to talk to you about the Buccaneers? Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate. All you. right, Rick. Talk to you guys. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Man, that was so nice getting back with Tommy. We should do it twice. He'll be back again tomorrow. You can't get enough of us. Rick and Tom back on Sports Day Tampa Bay along with Steve Burstyn. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Steve, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 